0: Hey, I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. I mean, I'm wearing a goat hoodie. No, this is not a goat. No cream Bigum Spice Adams is not the goat. But did we just see the goat do something that nobody thought would ever be done? And is he the goat? We'll talk about LeBron James versus Michael Jordan coming up next in the Ron Johnson Show.
1: Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now, the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts
0: now. Hey, everyone, I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota's podcast network. I'm excited because LeBron James finally, LeBron James finally surpassed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 38,388 points. He passed Kareem on a kind of a step back, fade away from the free throw line jumper. Really iconic if you think about the Michael Jordan iconic free throw line shot against the utah jazz i saw picture and picture of those two shots lebron's shot just like michael jordan's shot will go down in history we will talk about that coming up on the ron johnson show we also have tommy harris former super bowl participant chicago bear first round draft pick oklahoma sooner but tommy's been through a lot and i'm looking forward to talking to tommy um tommy's been through it all and he's been through things that you never, ever would imagine going through at his age. Uh, he was married for about 30 days before he had to bury his wife. And if you think about that and just the trauma and and everything that goes along with that, you know, moving on now in life and being a father, uh, we, we talk about fatherhood. We're going to talk about his life, overcoming, enduring. He has a great endure uh, kind of speech book everything i mean it's 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 awesome when you hear tommy's story about enduring and uh and how god can really just guide you so you want to stick around for that tommy harris uh he's going to join me in the Hangar ron johnson segment and then we got the daily three but before we jump into this michael jordan versus lebron james conversation with me and sam real quick this episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of locked on sports minnesota make every moment more just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on today to get started that's fanduel.com backslash locked on to get started today and like i've always said when i have a parlay on the line it makes the game a much more 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 exciting time all right let's bring sam extraman to the show Sam, uh, make sure people know you can download and watch the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon, Fire, and Roku. Just download it right to your TV. We'll be right there with you along the way. And subscribe. When you go to YouTube, please subscribe. Subscribers matter because, one, you get all the updates, true time. And then wherever you get your podcast, you can also find Locked On Sports Minnesota and the Ron Johnson Show. Sam, it's time to talk about this, Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of hate today on the internet. There's going to be a lot of Michael Jordan lovers. They're going to hate on LeBron James. they are going to be a lot of LeBron James lovers that are going to not hate on Jordan because I don't think any LeBron fans ever hate on Jordan. It's, all, it's always the Jordan fans hating on LeBron. Um, but it's going to be a lot of talk today about the points and everything. And I saw i saw one guy, and when you don't know basketball, it's fun to talk about it, but you can tell the people that don't play basketball. And this guy's comment was, uh, if you look at the top ten scores, there's only two guards out there. Imagine if they made those layups one point instead of two. I think they should do that. Okay, let's do that. Michael Jordan, way more dunks than LeBron James. LeBron James only has like 2,088 dunks and counting, of course. Michael Jordan was like in the 2,200 or 2,300 dunks. So way more dunks, Michael Jordan of LeBron. Well, let's go to three-pointers. LeBron James' career, 34% three-point shooter. Michael Jordan, 32% three-point shooter. Michael Jordan only made 581 threes. LeBron James, it's ridiculous. I think over 2,200 three-pointers have been made by LeBron James. So when we're talking about shooting, he's shooting from further and more and more accurate. He's done it longer. When you talk about dunks, Michael Jordan had more dunks than LeBron. LeBron is the mid-range turnaround, shoot-off, one-leg guy. Like, it's it, it. you can say it however you want. Michael Jordan's the GOAT. Fine, he is. He's the greatest of all time. We've never seen a six-time champion like him, a winner like him. Fine. But LeBron James is the greatest scorer in NBA history. You can say it however you want. You can shape it however you want. Oh, Michael Jordan had a better average. Blah, blah. Man, look, every argument you make, you can make the same argument that LeBron James is better. six eight, 250 pounds. He didn't bully people all the time like he could have. Like Michael Jordan, if Michael Jordan was LeBron's... And this is the mindset. Michael Jordan did have a different kind of a killer instinct bully mindset. Where LeBron, uh, it was was a friendship era. Like he was friends with a lot of these guys. So you didn't see him bully and just beat up guys. I mean, now when he was trying to go for that record last night against OKC, he don't know none of these guys. I think the starters on the floor for OKC, LeBron James's 20-year career tripled the amount of time those guys had been in the league. I think it was like two or three rookies starting, and then two guys or three guys with two years. So LeBron James had tripled the amount of time he had been in the league to those five starters combined for OKC. So he didn't care. He was a train coming down the tracks. choo choo, get out the way. He was bullying people, knocking them over, mm-hmm. and ones. Uh, it was it was awesome to see Jay-Z, Shannon Sharp, uh, Denzel Washington. Michael Jordan wasn't there, unless, unless he was somewhere secretly in the suite. I've not seen any reports or rumors that Michael Jordan was in the building. Kareem was there. Magic was there. Michael Jordan was nowhere to be found. Michael Jordan didn't want to be a part of that. We know Michael Jordan. He doesn't care. Michael Jordan is a competitor his entire life. He don't want to deal with that of people sitting up here asking him questions all night while he's there. So he probably didn't want to deal with that. And I get it. You're Michael Jordan. You're the greatest of all time. He didn't want to deal with those questions all night. Because, of course, the reporters would ask him, like, what do you think of LeBron James? Is he the greatest of all time? Or is he the greatest scorer? What's Mike going to do at that point? No, I'm the greatest. Like, Michael Jordan's going to say he's the greatest, and he is. But LeBron James is the greatest NBA scorer of all time. And it's going to grow. I mean, he said last night, the way he's playing, the way he mentally is playing, he feels like he could play, like Kareem played till he was 42. So LeBron feels like that. Kareem played 20 seasons as well and played till he was 42. LeBron started in high school, so he's only 38. LeBron could get four more seasons in if you think about Kareem and changing the game. And, and and changing how you play because he wants to play with Bronny, so i'm pretty sure he's going to try to stick around for four years to try to get Bronny in the league in the next two or three years um if not after one and done if he goes to ohio state or who knows where he's going to go for college but that's where i go with this sam mm-hmm. people can hate all they want you can say whatever you want but lebron james is the greatest scorer in nba history period michael jordan yeah you could say he's the greatest player of all time but he did not score more points than LeBron James. He dunked the ball more, so that argument is out the door that LeBron just had layups. His three-pointer was better than Michael Jordan, and more frequent than Michael Jordan. Granted, the game did change. Steph Curry changed the game with the three-pointer. So who knows if Michael Jordan had been in the league now and adopted this I-gotta-shoot-three mentality, maybe he shoots more, a higher clip. But when he was playing, it was, hey, I want to get the best shot possible. That, for him, that was the dunk. Guys were scared of Michael Jordan coming to the lane. Like, it, it, and and I love the fact that OKC doubled LeBron. Like, they were like, we're not giving you this record. You're going to earn this record. We're not giving it to you. They were doubling him. Even on the last shot, you would have thought for history, OKC would have let up a little bit and let him try to get the sky. Because you know he wanted to skyhook it. You can tell. He got it in the block on the right side. He was dribbling. He was going to skyhook it. And then they doubled him. <laughs> he had to kick it out and get the pass. And the crowd booed. And they're like, man, just let the dude shoot the skyhook. Like, stop. And so the next time down, he's like, you know what? They're not going to give me this guy hook. So LeBron being LeBron, he's like, let me shoot my signature one foot fadeaway shot. This is going to be the pitcher in the Louvre. This is going to be NBA history. This is going to be an NFT. This is, the, I mean, FanDuel probably had a prop. What, what shot is LeBron going to make? Is it going to be the hook or a dunk? Was it going to be? It was the fadeaway off one leg. I don't know if that was an option, but I'm pretty sure it was because that's one of LeBron's favorite shots. But Sam, I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that there's almost a level of bias against LeBron because of how easy he makes things look. LeBron has the benefit of being a freight train. I mean, it is 6'8", 260? You know, the, the yeah. guy the guy is massive, and he does not look as spectacular doing some of the things he does because he is so physically formidable. Like, Michael Jordan... And Kobe Bryant, you know, Steph Curry, when they contort themselves and when they crash into the lane and they flip the ball up or when they, you know, step back 30 feet from the basket and shoot, it just looks a little more spectacular because they're undersized mm-hmm. um, and they have to do that kind of thing. LeBron just overpowers people. Yeah. Um, and LeBron doesn't have a weakness in his game. He does everything well. I, I I think of him as Brady. Like Tom Brady was not the most physically impressive quarterback. But he just did everything well with his ability to do the short throws, the long throws, the pre-snap reads, the leadership. And LeBron brings that whole package to the table. While he may not shoot the three like Curry, he may not be able to finish at the rim like some other greats. He may not be the best free throw shooter of all time, but he's just like above average at everything. And he had longevity and he never had major injuries. Like he was just the whole package for two decades. Um, So even though in... I think he's past the point where he can literally pull a team on his shoulders to an NBA finals like he did earlier in his career, but Mm -hmm. he's still like, he needs a little supporting cast at this point. It's a little bit of a bummer that he's kind of going out with the Lakers who just aren't competitive. Um, But the guy, the guy cannot be overlooked um, for just being a phenomenal all around player for the last 20 years. I mean, that that's got to count for something.
0: Yeah. And he is the greatest nba score of all time like it's it is what it is um i I forgot i think i forgot who was saying i think um crawford jamal crawford was saying like to do what lebron did for somebody moving forward so victor um coming into the league wamba yamba um he'd have to score 25 points a game for his entire career for about 18 years like 18 to 20 years, he'd have to score 25 points per game every single night. I mean, you could have some 40-pointers, some 50, but you have to average 25 points every single day, every single year. That is hard to do. And so that's why this record is probably not going to – I mean, it took 38 years for this to be broken. 1984, LeBron was born, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar – was setting this record. That's that's kind of ironic. That, that's that's kind of like it was written. Like when Kareem set that record, God said, let me bless the next baby and this baby's going to do it. And, and God put that into LeBron. When LeBron was born, I mean, come on. Like God was like, uh, you, you're going to get it. Because Kareem said it, literally the year LeBron was born, Kareem set his record. And now LeBron breaks it 38 years later. And so when you think about that, I don't know if there's a baby being born right now. <laughs> I don't know if there there's a 2023 baby out there being born, but it might take 38 more years for that baby to do this. Like it, it's gonna take that baby to get to 18, get to the league, and then 20 years to maybe. Bring, and LeBron's gonna play. The, I mean, he's gonna probably gonna play at least he's 40. He looks good. He doesn't look like mm-hmm. he's run down. He doesn't look like his knees are killing him. Like his 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 diet and everything that the league has changed so much. I, this is going to be a 40,000 plus, you know, point record yeah. at this point, 45 like maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's going to, he's going to put it out there. It's going to be far like, and he's on a team and he's the guy that's willing to like, Hey, we'll let you score. And at this point too, now I think he he's going to kind of, and, and even like he's top three in assist. So that's the thing. He's not a ball hog like to do what he did and be top three in assist. Like, if this were hockey, and because hockey, I know you get credit for goals when you assist the goal, and that's a big stat, like a or stat, and it's not even counting playoffs. The man is like one of the best playoff scorers in all time. So you're not even counting his playoff stats. Like if we put playoff stats and regular season stats together, LeBron for sure has that. Michael Jordan probably climbs a little bit, but Michael Jordan for sure, or I mean LeBron for sure has that record. Like that's crazy. We're not even counting playoffs 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 we're not even the playoffs so that 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 to me is amazing and i i hope people just enjoy history and i mean like me and my wife stayed up late to watch that she even cried at lebron's speech i don't know why um but it was amazing because like we're gonna remember this like we're gonna remember this time like we're gonna remember like i know i will and then my young daughter who plays basketball now, she seems like she loves it as she's in the second grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'm going to be able to tell her this later today and this weekend, she has a game this weekend. So I want to, like, I'm going to talk to her about that. Like, man, like, this is the greatest player of all time. Like greatest score of all time. Cause I know you guys get touchy when we say, but you know what question of the day? Let us know what you think. Who's the greatest player of all time? And who, and who's the greatest score? I know you can say, if you want to say Michael George, the greatest score of all time, say it. It doesn't matter. It's not real. It's not right. But let us know what you think in the comment section. Question of the day. Greatest player of all time. Is it LeBron or is it Michael Jordan? But you can't deny he's not the greatest scorer. So you let us know what you think. But we got Tommy Harris coming up next. Tommy Harris is going to join me in the Hangover Ron Johnson segment. Looking forward. Like I said, Tommy's been through a lot. Uh, Tommy, a, 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 he's endured. He's persevered. Uh, but he also has something coming up with him and Clinton Porter. It's Clinton Porter's friend of the show. Um, with money. When you talk about young players and spending money, you know, you give me $8 million right out the gate as a kid, you know, you give me $10 million for me, it was 2 million out the gate, 21 year old kid. What do I do with $2 million? You really don't know. Like, I remember my first check, you know, two, it was like, what, 300 and some thousand dollars. Like my first NFL, like event I went to $25,000 check. Nobody told me what to do with that. Like, they don't tell you this stuff. And so Tommy's going to sit down and talk about that as well. Him and Clinton Porters have something going on to help out with finances and young players and, and not making those mistakes. And he's, he's going to pen a letter to his younger self. And uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what that's about. But make sure you know Locked On Sports Minnesota is a proud partner with Care 11. Check out, check out care11.com backslash locked on for links to every one of our Locked On shows. We have a word from our sponsors.
1: Thanks, Ron. Today's show is presented by FanDuel. That's your way to bet on Super Bowl 57. It's America's number one sportsbook. It's our new partner here at Locked On. You can check out the No Sweat First Bet for Super Bowl 57. Get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score the first touchdown. MVP odds. Hertz and Mahomes both, both plus 130 right now at FanDuel. Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. at fanDuel and you get paid your winnings instantly. Join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more.
0: Well, now it's time for the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. I got Tommy Harris joining me today. And uh, Tommy Harris and I, we were teammates for like a split second. I went to the Chicago Bears. Played tight end for a little bit, uh, ended up getting hurt, still tried to come back and play, but just couldn't get it done. Uh, unfortunate because then one of my best friends, Spice Adams, ended up going there, I think, a year or two later. So I wish I had worked out there. But uh got to know Tommy through bowling. Tommy and I, Nate Basher, uh, I don't know why, but all of a sudden we would hang out randomly and just go bowling. And so Tommy uh, is going to join us on the Ron Johnson Show. I want to appreciate you for joining me today. Um, you so how you well. been, man? You still you still bowling and getting, in, getting it in?
2: Well, not bowling as much. You know, being a full-time dad, it takes up a lot of your time, man. So um, I'm more just like probably you. I spend more time in the car dropping off and picking up (laughs) and different things. So, um, no, not bowling as much, man.
0: Yeah, no, appreciate it, man. So uh, I'm gonna jump out there, man. There's a lot of stuff going on. You Clinton Porters, Clinton Porters, friend of the show, just joined on the show. Uh Clinton and I were in the same two thousand two drive class. So we had him join. And a friend of mine, Will Bradford, uh, who's gonna join later as well. He is with Revel. And so you guys put out on the platform um with Michael Baptist, uh, I think it's Baps or Baptiste, Baptiste. Yeah, uh, and with uh Rockefeller and they're talking about finance so we're going to get into football we're going to get into Super Bowls we're going to get into. but I, I think there was something very important with that when I when I kind of watch man like and I've been down in New York and I've done the the tour of uh Rockefeller and and the, the stock exchange and Fordham University so I understand the money side of it I was a player who probably didn't understand the 17 weeks of, of dollars coming in versus the 52 weeks of life in a year um learn quickly though uh but I, I i did succumb to that as well myself bart scott i remember we all were talking about that as rookies uh but but explain what you and clinton porters have going with dollars and cents
2: so dollars and cents is just a, a financial platform well, a learning platform for financial um financial literacy and i, I don't really like the word financial literacy but um I, I think it's, it's a good start and um, a, a rudimentary way to, to introduce uh, basic financial tools uh, in layman's terms to the kids, things we wish that could have been broken down uh, to us a lot easier that was made complicated. Um, so just, just deframing that work and and simplifying it for today's youth and for anyone else who's, uh, in, in the key of learning, or who wants to learn.
0: And for those who don't know your story, you, you mentioned something also about spending the money before you have it. And, you know, coming to the NFL, let's call it $8 million and you don't know what to do with it, but everybody else has a plan for your money besides you. Uh, what, what was that mindset like at that time?
2: Well, that mindset was pretty much. You, uh, the crazy thing is that you don't really even have that mindset, right? You're you just excited about that money's not. You just heard these numbers, and this is what your value is said you are now. You were just in a dorm room. You were just eating basic lunch with your teammates at the cafeteria. And now all of a sudden, you got American Express Black Card that can buy anything you ever thought about. So. It, it takes a while to shift in, in that. It's almost like winning a lottery. You're a farmer and then you win a lottery and all of a sudden you need a Bentley now when you was driving a tractor. So it, it's basically coming to that, that place of, I'm learning your 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 mental, your mental, your your wealth is your mental wealth. Your mental health is your mental wealth. I'm learning if you cannot sustain your your if there's a lot of insecurities or a lot of uh, uh, things that you have not lived through, money just is an amplifier, it, and it amplifies off of character. So I I I've, I've recognized what I'm doing with our youth now is is building up their self character so they don't compare themselves to other people, and that's where spending gets bad. And finances because you're always thinking you don't have enough and mm-hmm. you're willing to do whatever that crazy thing is to buy that car for that moment or pay that ridiculous amount for that wedding that, that doesn't last for three years and you bought a hundred thousand dollar ring that didn't the marriage didn't go over six months so it's it's just i'm learning that the, the, there's a real healthy aspect because i recognize that if you get a billion dollars today you can't buy tomorrow so where are we rushing at, right? So it's starting to put patience in your process and learning that you can compound interest and you can, litter, you can grow with time. You don't have to do that thing right now. I'm 39 years old, so I like to chop myself up in versions now. I'm a version, I'm 30, I'm the version 39 of Tommy Harris. And with time and a plan and a strategy, I can get there by 45 or 50. I didn't know I could do that. You know, as an African-American male, it's YOLO. You only live one, you don't know if you are gonna <laughs> live tomorrow. You ain't talking about saving forever. You, that's you, that ain't me. So it's really, I didn't know that I could put patience in my process and really take my time, put a plan together and have a aim, something to shoot for. And if I stay on target every day, if I manage my behavior, it makes it a, a, a a lot easier to, to sustain and to keep what I bring in more than what I put out.
0: Yeah. I love that. Cause I know I saw Chad Johnson as well. He, uh, he talked about it and uh, basically he put it as, what's the purpose of what you're buying? You know, is it for the women? Well, you're gonna get women anyway, if you do what you need to do, or if you're in the right place at the right time. And he's like, and then what are you doing it for the, you're trying to impress these dudes, these dudes don't care nothing about you, X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and, and I remember being at the Pro Bowl because Ed Reed, Ed Reed reached out, hey man, you wanna to go to Pro Bowl? I just got, you know, I'm in it, blah, blah. So me, him, a couple guys flew out there. And I remember Terrell Owens being at, a, I forgot the restaurant. and 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 I joke with T.O. all the time about this now. When his boys like tried to buy food for a bunch of random people, like girls, and of course it's girls, you know, and and he had to tell them right away, like, man, look, you're not about to spend my money. Like, if you want to take care of these girls, you take care of these girls. And a lot of players and and people with money, they get caught up in that where they think they need to go in and buy the bar, they need to go in and and, and buy everybody this, or I'm gonna buy everybody a different car, or I'm gonna take care of all my boys, and blah blah, you know, and uh and I'll never forget too. Ed Reed was like, yeah, man, I can either put y'all in first class. It was like four of us, or I can put eight of us in coach. And we was all like, man, let's just go coach. Like if you, we, we, I mean, you know, we all playing football. We was all rookies or I think it was a second year. We was all second year players, but we also like, man. And that was after my first year spending all the money, I realized like, you know what, man, that the mindset does have to change. Uh, And, you know, and I've been lucky enough to be able to learn now and grow, Uh, but love what you guys are doing, man. And, And when you talk about and, and I hear you say like the version of you now, 39, and the comments you make, uh, you know, you, you went through some, some some tough times in your life. And when you think about Tommy Harris, uh, the football player, and then Tommy Harris, uh, you know, going through the endure season and, and, and talking about endure, explain to, to people who don't know or haven't seen it. And if, for those that want to know, just Google Tommy Harris Endure. you'll hear the story, but explain to people uh, what enduring is all about.
2: What during is a mindset that says, whatever come what may, I can't quit. And you are not your situations nor your circumstances. So it's just a mindset that's saying, regardless of what the weather is outside, myself, the exterior, the externals, regardless of what comes, the news that I may hear today uh the things i may have to see the 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 tough parts of life that happen to all of us regardless what comes i must persevere i must continue and it's giving yourself no excuse to quit and that's all enduring is seeing what tomorrow may hold if today is not what i want it to be if it didn't turn out i have hopes for tomorrow and that's what enduring is just uh, to see the possibilities you never know, man, a lot of people I've seen, um, and especially over COVID, I saw so many people taking lives and, and ending it early. And it, it was only because there was not a, a word of hope. Tomorrow seems dim, and, and the, 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 the noise got so loud outside of themselves that they could no longer put a fighting word back to their circumstances. And that's all enduring is. No matter what you're going through, where you're at in your life, whatever news you've heard, what it, it wait on tomorrow, and we hope and we pray that things get better with time. And as you mature in this faith or mature in your life, you, it, it's just a, a a call to action to continue and press on no matter what.
0: And, and when you uh transitioning, you know you like I said, you've endured. You've you've done something that zero point zero six percent of the world will never do which is be an nfl player nfl draft pick uh you know college football player walk away uh with no debt from college uh you know that's something very special that definitely needs to be championed and understood and and i'm more proud of you know when we first started this before we even started recording you know you talking about being a father you know and and that to me anytime like i you know i'm friends with spice adams uh you know i just got off with aiken and dale today um but seeing men and of course black men but seeing you know men really be fathers because uh you know sometimes it's not the thing that we celebrate you know you think about two quarterbacks right now in the super bowl uh and you look at patrick mahomes you look at jalen hurts both had dads in the household but we're not talking about that you know if they had been you know, drug babies, or if they had, you know, been in the projects, they'd be all over this. Like, look how he, you know, he took care of his mom and, and look what he's done. No, his dad, his dad was a professional baseball player, but we're not going to talk about that. You know, we want to make jokes about smoking a Joe Burrow pack. Then we do want to talk about, Hey, you've been around your son his entire life. Ah, uh, how has that been as a father? We don't we don't ask those questions of Patrick Mahomes' dad. We just wanna Cause no
2: because nobody's gonna buy that newspaper or, or 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 buy into that 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 feed or whatever that doesn't sell, you know. Yep. And it's up it, it's podcasts like this that allows those platforms to be voiced and to edify and give kudos to
0: people that are doing that. Well, no, I appreciate you for being a, a good father. Uh, let's go back to the time before you were you were in college before you were pro before you had all the money uh you know you had roy williams you had all these guys at oklahoma roy williams has been on the show a couple times uh talk a little bit about college football uh with no mindset of you can go to the nfl or at what point did you you like say like man i'm really i'm really that guy like i i'm i'm probably gonna make it like when when did that hit for you
2: so i knew i was going to the pros when i was a sophomore in high school (laughs) and uh, okay yeah, not like that, but uh, but for real, I would be lying if I took. I didn't know, but I just I I, I came from. You got to know a little bit about my background. My mother and my father were preachers and mm-hmm. pastors. So, football. I went to church majority of the time. We didn't even know what NFL teams were, what the names were. I had to make all that up in college. Right, or when I got to college, when the pros started asking me what's my favorite team, Mm -hmm. I had to just put piece stuff together. I was mixing up the Atlanta Braves with the (laughs) Cincinnati. I had them all, you know. (laughs) But I knew the word of God, right? So in, in college, I always knew. I I knew that if I dedicated myself to something. I got in a lot of trouble early on in my life, and I gave my life to Christ after juvenile detention center, going off to alternative school, mm-hmm. being through. I, I went through an early stage where I separated myself from the group. I, I I no longer hung out with people anymore. I I almost screwed my life life up early, so I made a decision. If I'm gonna get in trouble, I'm a the blame's gonna be on me. Mm-hmm. I got in someone else's trouble. So I, I gave my life to Christ, and I began to just really fall in love with the weight room. And I noticed this wasn't a pattern that a lot of people had at my mm. age. I hung out. My father's in the military, so I was always around a lot of older men, and I started to get a lot of workouts and different things. I met a linebacker my sophomore year named Victor Ellis from the University of Alabama. God rest his soul. He ended up passing away. But this man's father was in a military base where my father was stationed, And he would come back to my high school gym and give me Alabama University's workout plan and their and their game. So and I was a chubby dude at that time. And I asked Victor, I say, hey, Vic, I say, Vic, Vic was sliced up. You go look at Victor Ellis, he was they they, one of their Sam backers. But he was chopped up and I wanted to look. I say, So what do I gotta do? I'm gonna do whatever you say. He gave me the nutrition plan, gave me the workout plan, and then he said, Hey. If you follow these instructions, he say, by the next time I see you next year, you should look like this or even around, close around. I followed everything to the T. He said, don't eat. He said, and the other things, don't eat potato chips and don't eat soda. Don't drink soda. I did it. Did that for a year. When Victor came back, I filled out this shirt he gave me, and I was cut up just like Vic. I took off from there. I had two cousins, Stocker McDougal, Jerome McDougal. Oh, yeah. who Played for the Philadelphia Eagles and one played for the Detroit Lions. Those are my first cousins, my mother, sister, sons. They would take me to training when I was in high school in Houston, and I was able to pass rush against NFL players in high school. I was winning the matches. Okay. I was learning from my cousins. I was playing against some of the best linemen, and I was winning some of the matches. So I knew I had a course that all I had to do was stay focused and don't mess this up. And I poured all that in to going to church, read my word, and I, if I wasn't in there, I was in the wait room. And so I'm not saying that to be cocky. Right. It just became a sign. Like I knew if I I was I was given. It's like your dad being Shaq, and your dad being LeBron, and you got a pipeline that's telling you all you got to do is this. You're gonna and you and you start seeing the potential. Like, oh, I could jump with him. I can dunk. I can go around him and do that same spin. I saw that early. I didn't have to wait to go off to camp. So my parents, to, I was in the system early. So that's how I knew I could I could kind of compete at an early level at that age. That's,
0: that's up, what man. helped
2: me go into Oklahoma and start as a freshman. That's after I look at everything how I did I did it. I didn't understand it. But I was already being equipped because of who my cousins were and what they were already plugged into and they gave
0: and they shared with me. That's what's up. And I was when you're looking at uh, the rules. Yeah. When you're looking at Oklahoma, because you, you played at Oklahoma. And when Oklahoma, when you guys were there, you, Roy Williams, you know, some of those teams, you guys were the best of the best, cream of the crop, Uh, you know, better than the Alabamas, better than the Georgias. You know, like Oklahoma was it, Texas was it. As you see a trend change, you know, Alabama now and Georgia up there. Now the Big Ten is starting to pull teams from the uh, you know, you got USC and UCLA trying to become a mega conference with the Big Ten. Where where do you see the Big 12 in Oklahoma football going? Because like Lincoln Riley, he dipped and went to USC on you guys and now you know turned them into something. Uh, do you see it getting back to it, or do you feel like the Big 12 is gonna have to separate and maybe hit the SEC to to get back to where they've been as far as recruiting?
2: I don't know, Ron. That's 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 a good question. Um, I, I'm telling you that NIL, it flipped college football. If yeah. anybody that sits across these cameras or does interviews on this and act like they know are lying. Right, it's the wild, wild west right now in NCAA. There's no loyalty anymore. There's no teamship. It's who's paying the most, and that's where kids are going. And if you, you better hope they don't fall in love with another girl from another school, because they will leave your school to go hang out with their girl for a year. It is the most. The system did not move. Uh, they just moved overnight without it. It, it did not move properly. Right, and I think that it's going to take a while for the whole. Anybody can win. I feel like now any team can win the NCAA, the the college uh, championship, depending on what moves they make that year, just like the pros. True. So I don't know. I want to say the university could, and I, I, I'll i be lying.
0: And when you think about, you know, you look at Deion Sanders now going to Jackson State, getting the HBCU built, now taking that to Colorado. Uh, and, again, people are giving him two years and saying with the number of – I mean, they said it was – Fifteen, which is ridiculous, 1,500 kids transferred this year or are trying to transfer this year. When Deion Sanders hit Colorado, it changed to like 18. So 300 other kids left their school just thinking like, maybe I can end up with Deion Sanders or one of these top schools. Uh, when you think about that, do you think it has to, like, do they have to find a way to govern this? Because that's that's getting a little crazy, that 15 1,800 1, kids without a home right now just looking to transfer to a new school
2: yeah they're gonna have to find a way to cap it you know just like the NFL did, you're gonna have to find a way to cap and I don't know how they're gonna do that but it has to be a cap because it's the it's the wild, wild West uh, right like they can move at any moment if they if you tell them they're on second string they say no I'm not I'm going somewhere else it's 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 and what's what what sucks about this NIL rule is is the academic suffer, right? Like right. kids are just jumping around, changing credits, getting the credits taken from. It, it's a lot going on this financial part that's losing the focus of academia. So I just want them to find if the kid deserves some type of order in this care because they're going to blame it on the kid. At the end of the day, it's going to get blamed on the kid. They're trying to make the kid an adult. And the kid was not in the room when the adults made the decision. So yep. I feel like it's up to the adults to do the proper things for the, young, for the youth.
0: And before we get into the uh, Daily Three, that's three questions, three minutes each. Sam's going to join the show. Got uh, two more for Tommy. Uh Let's go to the NFL. You were drafted to the Chicago Bears. uh, monsters of the Midway, you know, Hallis Hall, one of the greatest storied uh franchises and in in nfl history when you look at you know bears packers chiefs kind of the guys that started the nfl uh what was it like when you got that call that you were going to be a chicago bear
2: oh man it was incredible Uh, i didn't know anything about chicago but the bulls so i was (laughs) excited you know i was i was excited to get out there see where jordan lived and all that other stuff but um It was exciting. I wasn't expecting to drop that low. I thought I was going as low as uh, 10 to Houston. And I was projected to go to uh, either Washington, but they took Sean Taylor or either eight to Atlanta. And they took, uh, I think, Dante Robinson. Mm-hmm. So uh, to be able to just get off the board and uh, go to Chicago, it ended up being God knows what he's doing, man. It was it, I played for one of the greatest defense to play at that time. It was just a great opportunity. You know, that cover two system coming straight from OU, that's cover two. I, I couldn't have picked a better system than ben.
0: And I know I've, I've been in Chicago and, uh, you know, drove around with Spice and uh, looking at some of these billboards, a little funny one for you. Uh, Brian Erlacher has hair now. Have, yeah. <laughs> have you Have you given him crap for the hair? Because I know he's doing the hair club for men, billboards yeah. all through Chicago. And so he's got hair now. Like, have you said anything or you just, when you see him, you just let it be?
2: Nah, let it be, man. Let, whatever floats your boat, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> People think I have a hairpiece now. I was bald my whole career, and now I have hair. So, whatever. Whatever floats your boat, man.
0: I was going to say that. Yeah, so what, what made you change from the bald, you know, bruiser Tommy Harris to now, you know, Talib Kwali, you know, singing ah! and preaching <laughs> Tommy Harris?
2: Man, man you crazy. Oh uh, man. I, I mean, I, I just feel like at this point in my uh I was always bald because I, I felt corporate America you just look clean and mm-hmm. kept, you know, like, like you. But when you start to go and discover I, I used to wonder when I played, like why Ricky Williams went off and start looking crazy like that yeah. start. But those are when people are grow they're in growing mode they're in their own place they they don't want to look a certain way they don't have to look a certain way and then you finally get in life where your finances are at a place or where you can make that decision and you don't offend people you could just you don't waste time trying to look a certain way I can get up and just go and then I do yoga all day that's how I lost all my weight I just really stay in a different mindful place inside of I found something that keeps me. Keeps me anchored besides mm-hmm. the Bible here, but through my physical work practice, of uh, I used to box, lift weights. All those things hurt me, even though I'm doing them I and mean, mm-hmm. you look good, you hurt doing it. But yoga kind of it goes and heals a part of I'm being kind to myself at this journey and just slowing down and enjoying the views, bro.
0: Yeah, yoga. I got to try that. I can't, I, that's the third time now I've heard yoga, so I, I, I do need to try it because I know my knees is killing me um when, when you and one last one before we jump into the daily three when you think about the Chicago Bears and your teammates and again I was in that locker room so I know how much fun you know the paper ball basketball and the dodgeball and you know just the random nights where guys were like, hey man we're gonna come hang out and watch a game or whatever uh it seemed like the Bears always had like a tight-knit group um you know and and so and I saw it grow with a B and, and and peanut and so if you look at all those guys your teammates maybe it's a guy I haven't named uh, who was the guy you, you learned the most from uh, being a Chicago Bear?
2: The guy I learned the most from? Um, shoot, I would have to say not like him knowing I learned a lot from him. Like mm-hmm. he didn't know I was watching him so much. Uh, it would be two guys. It would be Olin I, mm-hmm. I I watched him. His work ethic and showing his professionalism for his craft was unmatched. And then the next dude was Musim Muhammad. Oh, yeah. That, that was that was a guy that I really appreciated uh, that were older elders that I really watched him pour a lot into their job every day
0: yeah moose moose was in our receiver room so definitely uh one of one of the funniest uh guys that you know would would definitely have some old head as they call it now old head words every morning like i've never seen a grown up or i didn't have older players like that so going to chicago watching the guy show up with like a coffee cup you know the meetings i'm like (laughs) like who just drinks coffee
2: moose to have his whole bag like in a suitcase and he was just on a whole nother level.
0: He, he had the duffel, like he had like the leather, yeah. like Louis yeah. Vuitton, like suitcase type bag. Oh yeah. Like he he had everything he needed in there. But that's yeah. that was that old wisdom.
2: But, they, but you remember back in those days, them boys used to say, I'm going to the office. Right. So I'm going to they didn't play with that as no job. That wasn't not no football. They was they knew it was not a game. Right. This is we going to work. I thought it was a game. It took me about seven years to realize. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Oh, yeah.
0: Them them boys that play, man. It was it was work. They had the playbook, they They had the the, the creatine or whatever kind of supplement. They got their smoothie, everything they needed. It's like I'm gonna be here all day until I'm done from workout to practice. To film, yeah. study, and then I'm gonna get, and then I'm gonna get a massage, and then I'm gonna get home. Like they, and Moose they took used to it.
2: Tell me, Moose came in there one day. I came out of the training room, and Moose said, "Hey, go in there and go get a copy of that for your workers comp, and go file everything you do in there. Get you a duplicate copy, get you a disc, copy that, and put that in your own little safe at home. He put that on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh or, yeah. Uh, show your receipts after the game. Like people just think it's that back end of the game is. If you ain't saving them receipts and doing your own work, a lot of stuff can disappear that you should be getting compensated for afterwards.
0: No, trust me, we've had that conversation on this show a couple times. Uh, we've definitely talked about that. The five years after you're done playing, the the workers' comp that the state of Illinois sends out to you, and you have to fill out the paperwork, but they want to know where where's the proof because the trainers don't remember. It was a lot of players right. coming here to get treatment. I don't remember. That you broke your finger, I don't remember right. that you had a, a torn meniscus because you never had surgery. So yeah, there's a there's a lot of that going on where players are asked to get on the field sooner than they have to. Uh, let's get them healthy enough to get out there. Hey, if he if he makes it through the season hurt, he made it through the season. We didn't really know how hurt he was because he never told us. Uh, so you so you you're well aware of that game. But uh, coming up next, we got the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. It's going to be me, Sam, and Tommy. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feeds on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube. Just search Locked On Sports Minnesota. You'll find the Ron Johnson show. You'll find uh, the football party. You'll see all the sports shows. You'll get all the press conferences. But make sure you subscribe because that is going to be the key to get all the new updates. And we have a word from our sponsors
1: thanks ron we jump into the daily three after i tell you to check out locked on sports today the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less plus instant reactions game recaps and locked on's take of the day locked on sports today available on youtube and wherever you get your podcasts
0: well it's time for the daily three that's three questions three minutes each we're gonna give tommy most of the time of course but i'm gonna pick off pick up where he left off take it away sam
1: all right, Tommy. You know we're we're Minnesota based. We like the Vikings around here, so I gotta find a way to get a Vikings question in. You competed against Adrian Peterson twice a year on that defensive line. What was it like game planning for and then competing against AP?
2: Uh, Adrian was a beast, and and Adrian's like my little brother. So we used to always, I used to always go out to eat with Adrian before the game, and I would tell Adrian if I get contact of you go down bro because I don't want to have to hit you tough and Adrian always Adrian always shake his head like he's gonna do it but I know he's not but I'll go in there and I'll take I I didn't hit Adrian like I hit everybody else and I'll try to take care of Adrian and Adrian and spin off of me or try to truck me and and then the rest of the game I have to just turn it on <laughs> on him. But Adrian, one of the hardest, he was one of the hardest guys to play against at the running
0: back position. Man, that's crazy. I, I will say, because uh, you did you and AP play together at Oklahoma?
2: No, I brung uh Adrian. I had told Adrian I was gonna stay in school for my senior year, that I would have played with him that year, but
0: I ended up leaving. Oh, okay. So, All right. So he came right after you. So you lied to him. So that's probably why no, he didn't want to didn't go down. I <laughs> no, know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> what you got next Sam?
1: That's great. All right. Uh, Super Bowl, obviously coming up, Eagles and Chiefs. You played in a Super Bowl, Tommy. What is the biggest distraction going into a Super Bowl? You got so much hype, so much media. You're traveling, going to this neutral site game. Uh, what's the biggest distraction to kind of get in your way?
2: Uh, yourself, uh, it's just learning that you came down there. It's a business trip and you got to keep that at the, at the focus point of your mind the whole week and the the team that does usually win. Uh, but it's a, it's a business trip and we're going to have all the festivities. The one that can win this one, I have the festivities, not just for a weekend, but we'll have it for life.
0: And when you look at the Super Bowl too, I mean, think about the one thing about you guys was Devin Hester. You know what I mean? Like, that was the key coming to the game. And, I, and I've talked to Tony Dungy. He's come on and talked about this moment uh, on a different show we had. And uh, he said that they had talked all week about, we're not going to kick the ball to Devin Hester. We're not going to kick the ball to Devin Hester. And then he said the chaplain uh, before the game gave a preach about, uh, you know, walking into the lion's den and not being afraid of the lion and so on and so forth. And so he said he must have had the Holy Ghost for a minute because he, he was like, you know what? Forget this. We're not going to be scared of Devin Hester. We're going to run right to the lion. And they kicked Devin Hester and Devin Hester ran it back. And then he <laughs> then he said he looked over and was like, who said to kick the ball to Devin Hester? And, and Reggie oh. Wayne turned to him like, you did. Like, you're the one that told us to get spotted. <laughs> and so when you think about that moment though in the Super Bowl, you, they kick it, Devin takes it back. In your mind, do you think like, you know what? this is written. Like we're going to win this.
2: Oh yeah. In, in my mind. And, and that, that question, you know, it was bittersweet for me because me and Mike Brown missed that, that, that game. We were, I was defensive player of the year and I got hurt. I believe week 14 oh, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. I popped my hamstring out of my pelvis. So we, we had to sit and watch me and Mike Brown had mm-hmm. to sit and watch that. But, we I thought it was going to be lights out from there. Devin just was doing magic that whole year. So I, I knew for sure it was going to be lights out from there.
0: All right, what you got next, Sam?
1: All right, last one. Uh, I got a question about one of the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. So we know Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. I mean, he's elite, probably number one in the league. I want to know about Jalen Hurts. Where do you think he ranks in the league? Is he top 10? Is he top five? Where is he at? Both of you.
2: Yeah, I believe I believe Jalen Hurts is top five uh, at this time. And and especially I'm biased. I've had a chance to watch him and get a chance to know him over the years. I've coming to Oklahoma University and watching his development, him fighting through adversity at a young age, being one of the first uh, quarterback, one of the top quarterbacks to leave a top university, go to another one and have to uh, sit behind Heisman guys and different things. So I feel like his development is, is showing him how much uh, you you fight through adversity and, and step up to the challenge, what it presents for you. And, and it's showing the evidence of him being in the Super Bowl after all he was willing to fight through.
0: I agree. I, I totally agree. And, and this is where I go with it. Statistically, he's 10th in passing. But of all those quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, Jared Goff, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, he's had an anomaly year. But Trevor Lawrence, if you want to throw Aaron Rodgers in there and take Geno Smith out, the biggest difference in all those guys is Jalen Hurts is dynamic with his arm and his legs. And so, yeah, he, he put him up there because he's throwing the ball better than Lamar Jackson. He's doing better with the offense than Lamar Jackson. And Tommy's dead on with the, like, going to Alabama, being the starter, then losing your job then you know coming back and winning them a championship because the starting quarterback that took your job got hurt never complaining about it staying in the game plan because i mean tommy knows this when you get benched sometimes you're like man forget this game plan i man. ain't doing nothing <laughs> i'm like i'm going to practice i'll do i'll stick around and do but man yeah. i'm out of here at the end of this because he knew he was leaving like when two attacker by took over he knew he was leaving so he could have mentally checked out he could have been like screw this i'm not going to meet i mean i'm gonna be at the meetings but I'm I'm not I'm not compared to. He paid attention, so when he got his call, he killed it, and then he had to go to another school, and then end up going to Oklahoma, and then killed and then it again.
2: Kudos, kudos to his father, like you said about earlier. I didn't know Jalen Hurts' dad was a coach, and he taught him. It makes sense of his yeah. leadership. Oh yeah, how he was able to fight through adversity. I remember when the Bears benched me on Monday night against the Green Bay Packers. Versus Chicago, that, that big-time division game, and they mm-hmm. benched me, told me I came in to get dressed. They said, you're not playing. I remember being so embarrassed, bro. And if it wasn't for Bo Jackson that called me the next day, Bo Jackson said, hey, how much you get paid in your, pay, in your contract? How much did you get in your locker last week? He said, well, you better go out there and be the world's greatest cheerleader. If it wasn't for him giving me that invite, because I took it, I was about to fold on my team. I was mad at it. The, but there's certain guys that come in and they teach you how to be a professional. Yeah. And if you got that early in your life, like, that's – I just think Hurts is being groomed for being this – like, I think he's being – the stage is being prepared for him to be – he's going to be here for a while. I don't think this will be the last time seeing him.
0: Yeah, no, that that offense, that RPO, Nick uh, Siriani. You know what they're doing there, they're defensive built, and I think they're doing it the right way, and so when you have a young quarterback, you have a defense that's tough, it, it feels a little bit like the Chiefs a couple years ago, and so I, I think you're right. I think he's going to, the NFC for a while, you got Tom Brady, probably going to either play one more year, retire, you got Carr going to be done, I mean, you got the young gun quarterbacks coming up, so I think Jalen Hurts, this is, the NFC is going to be his for a little bit, because the rest of these guys, they're not to his level as far as run and pass, uh, but I want to thank no. Tommy Harris for joining, what you got, What you do to say?
2: No, I was about to say shout out to the Kansas, shout out to those offensive line. I haven't seen offensive line play like this in a long time. Like it's gonna be a good game.
0: Oh yeah, Oh no, yeah, line,
2: it's Philly and Kansas City has. If you watch Philly, Philly Kelsey is like watching a, he's having fun, man, and he's inspiring all them boys. And Brown, Orlando Brown, he's having a great job in Kansas City. So I just look forward to seeing those boys rock up.
0: Well, appreciate you for joining me on the Ron Johnson show. As I always do at the end of the show, man, I, I want I want the guests to have a chance to to write a letter or leave a voicemail for their younger self. If you were to put this, uh, because when my dad passed away in 2018, um, I, I got a chance to sit down with some greats. I mean, we're talking about Joe Green, we're talking about Franco Harris, uh, Frenchie Foucault, uh, Mel Blunt came, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham wrote notes. And as I'm talking to Joe Green, I'm talking to Mel Blunt. And uh, even Donnie Shell, like the one thing they all kind of said is like, one, watching those guys still be friends. I mean, these this was the 1978-79 Super Bowl team. So the fact that it was 78-79, they were the the Steel Curtain, and they're still boys. Like they're still showing up for each other at their funerals. They're still showing You know, like that to me, like people were like, man, what was the thing? I was like, that to me was the biggest thing to show that my dad, you know, was a good guy. You know, what I mean, because you can say whatever you want. He has CTE. We know that we had his brain donated. So all the stuff he went through, all the trials he dealt with after playing eight years. I know that wasn't him because what, what those guys told me was him. And so seeing that and those guys talk about which, what they could have told themselves and, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. I want you to have a chance, man, if you could leave yourself a voicemail or, or something like that in a time capsule, what's something you would go back and tell your younger self?
2: I would just tell my younger self to smile more and to uh, to uh, forgive myself more and to, uh, like I said earlier, uh, add patience to your process. Like if, if I could tell anyone that earlier is to slow down and to learn to say thank you every morning that this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Find something to be thankful for. Sign, find something to be glad about, and then get lost in serving others, serving people. Cause sometimes we don't get everything we're gonna get. But what do we do in the meantime, in our average time, feeling less than? You go give a helping hand. There's always value there. So that's a, the biggest thing I can say is just enjoy the view, slow down, enjoy the view. Don't compare your life to someone else. Trying to say well, I need this cause they have or this. Man, you, you be grateful. And you pray for people and you don't talk about people. You pray for people. When people say, what do you think about so-and-so? You say, I don't. I'm praying for them. Hmm. You don't think, like right? Like, so you just pray. If you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. And just learn to pray, on, pray, for, pray for other people, wish the best for other people, and just serve. And in that, you'll find some type of peace that can sustain you in life's marketplace.
0: Well, I want to appreciate you, man. Appreciate you for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. For those that want to hear more about Tommy Harris and what they're doing, check out Revel. Go to their streams, uh, keep up. You can go to Tommy's social media as well. Him, Clinton Portis, uh, they've been posting when those are going to go live. They just had one on uh, January 30th. I know they have more coming down the pike, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the financial conversations are great, the, the life conversation is great. And man, like my wife went through breast cancer, so we're hearing your indoor stuff, man. Like that was huge To, to have for a 37 year old woman uh, to have to deal with that. You know, it was huge to just see, like, you know what, like the trouble, the times, the darkness I'm in. Like, it's, it's it's not just me, you know. They so, I do want to,
2: and it don't last always, bro. It don't, so I never,
0: I ways. never told you that, man. But I, I appreciate that, man, because that, that's, that's, that's something that I don't want to cry, but that's something that, I you know what I mean? Like, that's I something that got you, me bro. through it. So, I definitely appreciate it. And I know for men, like, that's something I've always told myself recently is I need to start telling more men, uh, the things they've done for me that they don't even know. Um, so right. I do want to let you know that, man. After seeing that, man, it took me back. I had to I actually told my wife, like, I was in a dark time like i was i was i think i was on autopilot like literally there were days where i don't remember going through chemo i don't remember it's okay yeah i appreciate you man appreciate you
2: it's okay the the rule number one i want to tell anyone this before we get on it's okay to not be okay and when you admit that that's where you start getting answers you're asking for help but you first got to admit that i'm i'm not okay and that's okay once you recognize that you'll find you'll start getting on a path to get you answers to what you're not okay about but you can't keep saying i'm good when you're not man that thing backfires so man just for even you to speak that ron i thank you thanks for your show bro thanks for and blessings for all your success bro
0: well man appreciate you for those uh please remember to subscribe like share comment also locked on sports minnesota you can find it on amazon fire you can find it on roku youtube and wherever you get your podcast but at the end of the day just make sure you subscribe because that's going to give you the updates of all the shows go back and watch previous shows we've had clinton portis we've had roy williams we've had adam thielen of the minnesota vikings as well please check those out too there were some great interviews but i want to thank you and have a great day